podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. We have a huge week of golf. I mean, it's a special one for me because it's the Genesis Scottish Open, the first time this event has been co-sanctioned between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. And we also have the Barbasol Championship taking place, Elk, and that's another one of these events where there's going to be a real mix of PGA Tour and DP World Tour players. So we're going to dive into both this week and we had a whole load of guys to look through. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this week, uh, Diane. Scottish Open, of course, is in your neck of the woods. Of course, it's built right next to the old Muirfield Golf Links or the Muirfield Golf, what do they call that? The Muirfield Golf Club? Yeah, Links, yeah. <laughs> the old Muirfield Links. Um, it was built by uh, my old sponsors here, the Insperity Boys. Uh, Paul Sabati designed that course, and now look at it. It's been adopted by the Scots. It's a fantastic course. I've watched it almost every year, um, right on the coast. Where is it, Diane? Exactly near North Baddock. Yeah, North. <laughs> so East Lothian. Did I say North that right? Yeah, you did. I was actually very impressed. Um, and it's you know you bring up the American consortium that that went to Scotland and bought this land. It was an estate owned by a duke, and. Your friend, Paul Servardi, his brother, Jerry Servardi, lives in Jacksonville. My brother knows him well, and um, Russell stayed at the Renaissance Club a lot. But I was on a plane beside Paul Servardi once, flying from Jacksonville back to Scotland before I moved here. And um, it's so funny how the world works in that you know him, and you know we, we talked so much about the course and, and what his plans were. And it's just a great story. And this is the fourth year in a row that the Renaissance Club has the Scottish Open. I remember a story that Paul Sabati told me <clears throat> when they built the course. It was one of the most unusual stories I've ever heard, but I don't know what hole it is because I've never played the course, but I want to say it's on the front nine about number six. And as they started to position the green, they came across an old village. They dug out what was an old road and a, and a couple of houses and they had to stop construction, of course, and they had to clear it all out to see exactly what it was. And they thought for sure that that would be the end of the project, that there's no way they're going to be able to disturb uh, some ancient ruins on the coast. Well, little did they know, the whole committee or the, or the council came down from North Baddock or wherever it was. They <clears throat> opened up the whole area. They let everybody have two weeks to look at it. And once, they, once everyone had a look at it, they covered it back over and put the green there and it's been there ever since. Wow, that's an amazing, amazing story. I'd never heard that. Um, I know that when they bought the land initially in 2005, their big problem was is that they didn't have a lot of coastal property. And, you know, obviously they're creating this Lynx golf course, their dream course. You need to have coastal holes. And they didn't actually get permission to build on the land at the coast until 2011, where they built three more holes and then could add that into the, the routing of the course. But obviously, you know, they had this vision and the vision came to life and it's been amazing for them. Tom Doak designed the course, but for this to be the fourth consecutive year of the Scottish Open, but now with it being the Genesis Scottish Open and co-sanctioned with the PGA Tour, I mean, they have 14 of the world's best top 15 players who are going to be competing this week. So it's just, it's amazing for them and amazing for the people of Scotland to have a couple of weeks of amazing golf. 
Yeah, my, my picks re- are going to reflect uh, a certain style this week as, as normal, Diane. I'm pulling for the DP World Tour this week because they absolutely hate it when all the top players come over and, and hijack their week. We've talked a lot about, uh, you know, all these different tours, Live, DP, Tour. <clears throat> now these are co-sanctioned, of course. But there's some guys that are playing well on DP Tour this year, and they won't have quite the experience. I saw some video yesterday from the course and very windy, very bouncy. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. And I'm sort of, my picks are going to reflect not all the American players, not because I don't think they can win. I just think it takes a lot of experience, as you know, more than anyone to play well in Lynx golf. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a good mix. Um, I've been doing some research on the course. My brother's there. I spoke to him yesterday. He walked all 18. Um, he said the wind was insane and I've been checking the weather forecast I think they maybe have a little bit of rain forecast on Wednesday and then maybe some more rain on Sunday for the final day where the winds are going to pick up again but you know you look at the weather forecast and I know better than anyone Elk you do too that um, a lot of these wind forecasts are very conservative compared to what it could be so when they're saying on Sunday there's going to be 25 mile per hour winds and the rest of the day is 10 to 15 mile per hour. I'm taking that as, okay, add on five mile per hour <laughs> to those numbers. Because More like add on, add on 15 on top 15, of those numbers. Yeah. yeah, so we know the wind's going to be an issue. Um, I really was digging into the course to, to find out a bit more about it and... It, it seems as though, I mean, it's a par 71. 7,293 yards, but that number on the scorecard doesn't really mean much when you have Scottish weather conditions. You know, obviously it can change pretty quickly. And it looks like it's really gonna favor the guys that have a lot of length off the tee. There's a lot of long holes. Everyone's used to that like wispy fescue rough. I think the rough is actually thicker here than you would see at some of the other well-known links courses in Scotland, especially either side of the fairway, but large wide fairways, large slow greens, as you would expect in links golf and um, elk, the dreaded pot bunkers, which they've added some extra ones, of course, just to prepare for this year. But um, you know, those are to be avoided at all costs. Yeah, one of the most unique things about playing in Scotland, Diane, is these jacuzzi-looking bunkers that are, almost have a sheer face on them. I mean, I saw uh, some preparation for the old course. We'll see that, of course, next week or two weeks. Two weeks? Next yeah. week. Yeah, next week. Next week. Um, but, yeah, the, they're famous for the riveted bunkers where they lay the sod almost 90-degree angle and your ball comes in there with any kind of speed at all. It hits that bank and stops right underneath it. Sometimes you have an awkward stance most of the time. You've got to just come out sideways or backwards to get back in the fairway. They are almost like hazards that sort of dotted through the holes that almost like a half-shot penalty. Um, yes, yeah, got, to, got to avoid those at all costs. It's going to be tough on the American players to get over there, Diane, and get, uh, Diane, and get acclimated and, and try, as you say, with a lot of wind early in the week, trying to find their rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, the, this field is stacked from top to bottom with top players. Yeah. Um, what other characteristics or what other parts of your game did you really have to fine tune and work on before playing in Scotland? And obviously you're Australian where you grew up playing in the wind. So that was one part of your game that could transfer pretty easily across in Scotland. But but what other parts of your game did you really have to tweak and work on? It's the wind and knowing how to judge the wind in Scotland. 
or any of their link style courses and the turf. Those are the two characteristics. I used to play a set of blades that had very little bounce on them, almost razor sharp, and they were suited really well for playing in playing over over there because the turf is so tight, as you know, so so thin. The ball sits down differently, so you don't get the distance a lot of times. You finish up driving the ball. Uh, lower. I'm a, I'm a naturally a lower hitter, pinch the ball and drive it. So it suited me over there, even though I didn't win anything. I still felt like I could you play almost did. I grew up in Australia, right, right on the coast. <laughs> you came close uh, in Scotland. <laughs> I came close, yeah. Um, but yeah, to win, to win the Open, you're not going to be throwing the ball way up in the air like we see some of the players over here where you're trying to go for distance way up in the air. Uh, like you're playing in Palm Springs or Phoenix. This is a driving, drive the ball lower. I'm looking down the list here. I see a bunch of guys um, that are going to have to adjust their game, you know, right at the top. You know, you look at guys like Shoffley, who is playing well in the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. Could he win, um, you know, Hartford, J.P. McManus, Scottish Open and still be contending at the St. Andrews? It's So it's it's a bit of a Rubik's Cube, Diane, to see how all this is going to line up because yeah. you've got to think about next week. We are thinking about this week, of course, but I'm I'm thinking that there's some good players that I've looked down this field that are going to play, play very well on Lynx Golf. Okay. And we have three qualifying spots for the Open Championship up for grabs this week. Um, a lot of guys, obviously, um, the, the guys that do well at the Open Championship nine times out of ten have played the Scottish the week before. Colin Morikawa was an interesting story last year because he played the Scottish Open, missed the cut. He said that he just couldn't figure out how to play Lynx Golf in Scotland. And then we saw him <laughs> the following week go to England and win the Open. But it's, um, you know, as you say, there's a real interesting mix between guys who are not used to this at all and then guys from the DP World Tour who are maybe not playing at the standard of some of the, the best that have come over from the PGA Tour, but they maybe know the conditions a little bit better. So it's been interesting looking through the, the field and the odds board to make our picks this week. Yeah, I saw a, a video that Max Honneman put up yesterday playing the Scottish Open practice round where he could throw it closer to the, to the pin than he could hit it with a wedge. And, you know, he's almost onto something because when you say throw it and Talking about <clears throat> Peter Thompson, uh, the great five times British Open champion, came to me. He was the captain of our President's Cup, and I was standing on the first tee at St Andrews uh, one year, getting ready for the Dunhill Cup. And Peter Thompson came down, and he had a long coat on. It was freezing cold, and he he came over. He didn't say a word, and he went into my bag, and he put his he wrapped his hand around the wedge, the sand wedge, the nine, eight, seven, and held him off to the side like that. And he said, he looked at me and he said, this is the first thing he said, he goes, won't be needing these today, will we? <laughs> so Max Palmer, when he threw it, he threw it along the ground and it rolled up there and went pretty good shot. The wedge went up. So yeah. getting the mind ready, Peter Thompson proved it already to me. Like, oh, and, I, and I hadn't really thought of it those, in those terms, but yeah. can I chip with a six iron or a five <laughs> iron? Of course I can, but you've got to keep the ball on the ground over there. That's a, that's a good story. 
So here on the Tour Report, we're teaming up with Athletic Greens to tell you all about their super product, AG1, and how to get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and probiotics in your diet nice and easily. Now, I hate taking loads of pills and I wanted something I could drink in the morning that would help me get all the nutrients I needed, plus added energy all in one go. It's so easy. It's a powder. And I just put a scoop in water, shake it up and drink it on an empty stomach when I get up in the morning. It's that easy. It's a good wake up drink. It tastes better than some of the other green supplements that I've tried before. And I love knowing how good it is for me. It actually helps me to eat healthier throughout the whole day. I drink this instead of taking a daily multivitamin and the energy it gives me is definitely the biggest difference. That and the fact I don't have to swallow a big pill every day. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. Now, you can also boost your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash secret golf. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash secret golf to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so we have our picks this week and we're going to each give an outright favourite, uh, one to watch and then a dark horse. And then we're going to move on to the Barbasol Championship and we'll talk about that and give some picks for that tournament happening in Kentucky as well. So Elk, I'll let you start with outright favourite for the Scottish Open this week. Well, the way we ranked them, Diane, we've got Shoffley on top. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking down the board and, and I, I don't have to go too far. I mean, all the top players can't lay Shoffley. Uh, Justin Thomas, Matsuyama, Morikawa, Herschel, Im, Rams, Alatoris, all these guys, Fitzpatrick, the current U.S. Open champ, Burns, Rose, Keegan Bradley. But there's one name up here, Diane. I said I said John Rahm. I think John Rahm will play well okay. this week. But I've got I got my on two sort of dark horse type picks yeah. for the win this tournament, and they both play over on uh, on the on the European tour. Okay. Ryan Fox. Yay. who just won recently from from New Zealand. He's ranked like number seven on our list this week. Ryan Fox is from New Zealand. His father was one of the great rugby players of all time. This kid is got everything that you want to play at Lynx Golf. He grew up in New Zealand, low hitter, very, very powerful, thick, big legs, knows how to win, just won recently. Um, hey, I'm one of those guys. I'm pulling for the DP guys. Okay. Ryan Fox this week is going to shock everybody, Diane. He was my one to watch. <laughs> so he went right in there and you took him. <laughs> but um, again, you know, I uh, waited, uh, being from New Zealand, being able to play in the wind well. He's had a lot of success over here. He just finished second at the Irish Open last week. He's had um, top threes in his last four events, three top threes, and two of them have been runner-up finishes. And um, I went through all of his stats and um, he's first in birdies per round on the DP World Tour, second in scoring average, third in approach, and third in putts per greens and reg. And looking at his stats, I was like, every category, he was up there, up there, up there. So Ryan Fox at 50 to one as well. So yeah, I love that you're bold enough to go with him as your outright favorite. I love it. You said two names. Do you have another one you were looking at? Well, 
I, I did have another one, but I'm going to save it for my one to watch because okay. I've got a dark horse. Really, my next two are both uh, ones to watch, but you, you, you tell me your favorite. Okay, I had two. Um, my first one, again, it plays completely into being a good win player, Cameron Smith at 28 to 1. And I actually really like the odds of being 28 to 1 because... Obviously, he performs great in these conditions. The Players' Championship was a little bit Scottishy this year with the cold temperatures and the wind and the rain. And um, we also saw Cam win in Hawaii, the Century Tournament of Champions at the start of the year. Again, another windy condition course. But when you, um, I mean, I looked at his stats. His off the tee stats are the ones that kind of let him down. But when it comes to um, that, the approach play, scrambling around the green, Putting, Cameron Smith is just a wizard and, and we know how good he can play. We saw it at the Masters, you know, we see it pretty much every time he tees it up. So I liked Cam Smith at 28 to 1. And I also liked Matt Fitzpatrick at 22 to 1. Just because, again, like how can you ever fault his game when he just won the US Open and he lost in a playoff here last year so good memories around the course uh, lost to Minwoo Lee but um, he grew up in England loves playing this type of golf and obviously playing the, the best golf of his life right now so Matt Fitzpatrick at 22 to 1 and Cam Smith at 28 to 1 those were the two I was looking at as my favourites good Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't played this course, the guys that go over here, and especially the guys that are on the regular tour players, <clears throat> two things I think of. One is, have you played this course? Number one, have you played this course in the wind? Is two, and if you're an American player or you're coming over and you haven't seen either one of those scenarios, you've virtually got no chance to win this tournament. And I say that seriously because. Yeah. You have such an advantage if you know where to go on these holes. I mean, your brother, uh, tell us about him. He grew up, obviously, in Scotland. He's played this tournament many times. He played there. He knows the course well. Uh, mm. is, this a, is this the kind of course your brother will play well at? Do you want me? I've been, I was going to tell you this the other day on the phone, but I thought I'll wait until you in person. Um, Russell is experimenting with the long putter this week. So he is... Um, He's just frustrated with that part of his game. And he's like, if I could make half the putts that I miss from four to 15 foot, I would be a completely different golfer. I'd have a completely different career. So he's like, I have to do something with my putting. So he's experimenting with a long putter. He's not 100% sure if he's going to put it in the bag this week for the tournament. And he was talking about possibly having two putters in the bag. But um, that's where he's at right now. So he's excited to be over there. Um, obviously loves playing in Scotland. Um, he, I think he missed the cut here before when he played and I, I don't know if he's got that much experience playing the course but you know that he's going to be right at home in the conditions so we'll see we'll see <laughs> it's a bit of an unknown <laughs> he'll get that long putter and some fruitcake in the bag he'll be, he'll be all, all ready to go <laughs> oh, right okay so moving on to our ones to watch guys with slightly higher odds um I'll go first with mine. And to be honest, just something was telling me to pick this guy. And then as I started to dig in, I was like, okay, cool. We're going with it. PGA Tour player, 90 to 1, Keith Mitchell. Out of complete left field, but I was I couldn't get past him. Um, he's been playing well, finished T6 at the Travelers, T7 at the RBC Canadian Open. Um, so really, he his game maybe took a little bit of a dip compared to how it was near the start of the year. But those are two really good back-to-back -back results. And um, 
He's fifth off the tee this year. His putter's really heating up too. He's been putting a lot better. And I just, I looked at his his trends of his game. I don't really have anything to go on when it comes to experience playing in Scotland or Lynx golf, but something was telling me to pick Keith Mitchell and I just had to run with it. He doesn't have the two categories we just mentioned a minute ago, right? Never play the course A, never play the course in win B. It's okay, though, because who can fault you? You've won three of the last four weeks. You picked I the winner. My, my player this week uh, is catching a lot of momentum, and his momentum started at this very event, I think, two years ago, uh, came over to America, won at the windiest place the tour has ever seen, and now he gets to go back as a PGA Tour member, well inside of the FedEx Cup, and inside the top 100, going to keep his card for next year. Australian mate, Lucas Herbert. He plays Lynx golf better than anyone. He comes from the windiest part of Australia. What did he finish in this tournament a couple of years? Did he win it or was he second? He's second. He's uh, finished fourth year last year and in 2020. And as you say, he won in Bermuda. That's so funny. You and I are on the exact same track apart from Keith Mitchell. (laughs) Right at the top. Right at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Obviously, this course two years in a row, he's finished in a tie for fourth. And, and won and, the Irish, won the Irish, I think, two years ago, the week before. Is that right? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. But he's just, as you say, an elite player. I looked at his stats. His putting is unbelievable. He's got great putting stats as well. So again, like it's all looking good for Lucas Herbert right now. Good pick. It's hard to putt sometimes. And when you go to Scotland, when you go to Scotland and the greens are flat, it's it's hard to putt on medium pace greens. Uh-huh. It was always hard to hit the ball hard enough, and it, it takes a while to get going. But these guys that play there every week, they seem like when you get over there, you, you're watching them. They're just smashing the putts mm-hmm. from ten feet, yeah. and it goes two feet by. It's amazing how the difference in the turf is over there. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like all these. So I was going to have um, my ones that I was between for my ones to watch were Ryan Fox, Keith Mitchell, and Lucas Herbert. So we've got that all covered. <laughs> um, and then we're going to move on to our dark horse picks. So these guys have to be over a hundred to one, and um, you because uh, Elk, you're allowed a little bit of leeway in this category as we just. No, I don't. I, I'm going back the other way. I'm I'm, I'm well over a hundred to one this, this Me week. Me too. Um, do you want to go first? My guy's 350 yeah, yeah. to one. I'll just preface it with that. 350. Mm-hmm. Well, you go first because that's, okay. that's that's a long shot. That's a really long shot. shot. Really long shot. But I thought there's no way in the world I could give my picks for the Scottish Open and not pick a Scotsman. So I'm going with David Law. Now you might be thinking, who? But David Law plays on the DP World Tour. Two-time Scottish amateur champion. And he just came off a fourth place finish at the Irish Open last week. So that got him his place in the Open Championship at St Andrews. So obviously for a Scotsman to do well in Ireland and then to stamp his card to play in the 150th Open at St Andrews. That's just huge. So congratulations to David Law. But he's had one win on the European Tour. It came in 2019, and it was one of the co-sanctioned events that um, occurred in Australia. So you've got a Scotsman who won in Australia and did well in Ireland last week. So I'm looking at David Law at 350 to 1. I'm not saying he's going to go and win it, but there's going to be great value in him for 
a top 20 or a top 10. And um, I hope he has a fantastic week this week. Well, you're back on track there, Diane, with that pick because you've got a, <laughs> someone that can play links golf for sure with Long. My pick, if I was in Scotland and you and I obviously uh, know this and we'd be having a coffee this morning, I'd be running down to the TAB where I can make a bet. I would be I would be placing a bet on my guy this week because these odds are ridiculously high for this man. Okay. 130 to one, just one on the tour, Hatong Lee from China. Right. Just one two weeks ago. Can you imagine? And by the way, does this has LIV implications? Is is Hatong Lee maybe is he thinking about live and pull in the China audience? Is that something that would be pretty dramatic? Uh, however, that being the side, don't know if that's even true and not even a rumor put in here first. Hatong Lee, can you imagine the the the, the pressure on him now that he's won? How good is he playing? getting ready for this event, Diane. Hatong Lee's always been around. He played on the President's Cup team, hits the ball a long way, but now he's won. He's secured, him, he's secured that feeling that he's a winner. And at 131, he's, he's, the, he's absolutely the best long horse shot in this field by a mile. Okay, that's great. I like it a lot. There was um, I followed the Irish Open quite closely last week just to have a look at who was doing well over there, and um, there was a few guys that were in great form. Um, Fabrizio Zanotti is three fifty to one. John Catlin, the American, is two hundred to one. Um, let me find the guy who won last week. He's Polish. He was the first. A Polish guy to ever win on the DP World Tour. Adrian Moronk, who won um, last week 65 to 1 this week, and he jumped all the way up to number 11 when we did our re ranking. So there's a um, there's a lot. I mean, we're going to put up our whole re-ranking on the SG Tour app. So go and check it out and you can really dig through it and you're going to find a lot of really interesting names with some great odd value this week. Yeah, and of course, we didn't talk about all the all the superstar players. You know, we, we're not picking all these guys, Diane, that we've mentioned, Jordan Spieth and Harold mm. Varner, Cameron Young's over here, Mitchell Pierre, all these guys. Tommy Fleetwood, I've seen play well at this course before. Justin Victor Hovland's there. I mean, all all these guys, Justin Thomas. So, yeah, we're, we're thinking a little outside of the box. Why wouldn't we? We've been winning every week. Right. I know. Um, hopefully we're going to catch up with JT Poston this week to talk to him about that incredible wire-to-wire -wire victory at the John Deere Classic. His second PGA Tour win. He's off to St. Andrews next week for the Open. But um, just amazing. You and I had both picked him last week, so we were celebrating on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, JT Poston, you know, I was texting with him. It was nice to see his fiance there. Uh, he's going to be married in the fall and to experience that together. You know, JT's had a lot of ups and downs, you know, and I told him on text, I didn't speak to him, but I said, you know, one of the things about winning wire to wire uh, on tour, it's, there's a lot of things that have to go really well to win wire to wire. Obviously you got to get off to a bed start where you haven't, you haven't, no one's beat you the first day, keep the lead, keep the lead and then play with the lead on Sunday. A lot of pressure the whole week. But one thing, you know, you've got to drive a good putt, good chip, all that. But one thing to be to win wider, wider, you've got to be like mentally like a, a yeah. steel trap because all the time you think you're going to crumble, something's going to happen, someone's going to overtake you, and you're able to have that fortitude to keep pushing forward. The reason that he won that tournament was because of all the low times that he's had recently and so much pain that he's had in his game. 
missing the first six cuts to start the season. Um, now he's in the top 25 on the FedEx. So everything's looking rosy for him. But uh, we always know JT has had potential, but it's always been two step forwards, three steps back. And finally, he was able to put it all together. So hopefully for him, it'll just keep going from here. But great win. I mean, it's hard to win a tournament, but it's really hard to win wide away. Yeah, and um, the the guy that was really chasing him at the end of Saturday was one of your picks, Scott Stallings. So Scott Stallings was right there. Danny McCarthy was right there. I picked Callum Tarrin. He was right there too. So um, yeah, it was a really good week. But the Barbasol Championship is another event that's happening this week on the PGA Tour. It's at Keentrace Golf Club in Kentucky, just outside Louisville. And with this being part of the uh, allegiance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, 50 guys from the DP World Tour are part of the field this week. So again, you know, we've got a really interesting mix of PGA Tour players, a lot of them a lot of names that we know, a lot of guys that have had maybe past success in, on the PGA Tour that are really fighting to get within that one, uh, that 125 for the FedEx Cup playoffs. So again, you know, we really had to trawl through that list and, um, and we'll give you some picks for the Barbasol. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, <clears throat> we talk about this a lot on our show where we have one of these opportunity weeks where this is going to be a chance for you know, one of these young guys to come through and, you know, get himself onto a, you know, position their footing where they where they need to be. Diane, last year, the playoff for this, I spoke about last week about biorhythms. I, I threw that in there last week and I told you that JT Person was probably going to win and you agreed because uh, you picked him as well. But he was runner-up in this event last year. Mm. And the playoff, the two guys are in the playoff at this tournament, Barbasol last year was Seamus Power and JT Poston. And didn't seem much at the time, but here we are a year later. Both are both of them are in the top 25 on the FedEx Cup. So real springboard coming out of this event. So when you look at it, you go, oh, there's not much happening at, at Barbasol. But I don't look at it that way. You know, I look at it as an opportunity for guys. If I was there and I was young, this is a chance right here to get right up in there amongst the money, get some pressure on your game, see what you can do with it and go from there. Yeah, well, um, Seamus Power and JT got to 21 under last year and then it was, what, like a six-hole playoff? Jim Herman won here the year before um, at 26 under par. And then Troy Merritt, actually 2020, there was no tournament because of COVID. But um, Troy Merritt had won as well at 23 under par in 2018. So it's going to be a low scoring event, lots of birdies. So the course isn't that tricky, um, wide fairways, big greens, there's not a huge amount of rough. So um Again, digging through the field, but I'm looking at guys that have that motivation for sure. Looking at the fact that after this week, we've only got four weeks left on the PGA Tour schedule for everyone to finish within the 125 to make it to the FedEx Cup playoffs and lock in their cards. So um, guys that are playing well. And of course, um, I mean, you get some great surprises here. Jim Herman was a fantastic surprise. And I'm sure if anyone had him on their card that week, they would have made a lot of money. So we can really go in on some high odd guys this week. Yeah, uh, you know, James Hahn, I'm not picking him this week, but he was right near the playoff last year as well. He's had some good weeks this year. Wouldn't be surprised to see him. Even though you said it's a long, it's a wide open course or whatever, I still think 
you got to hit it pretty straight. Because I remember watching this event last year on TV. Last hole has water all around it. And then JT and Seamus had like a seven-hole playoff. They had a long par three over water, and they kept going around and around. It was a couple of short par fives. But, yes, you've got to drive it good out here. There's there's still a ton of guys that are in form. Diane, Hayden Buckley's there, Pendrith, Streelman, uh, John Hart, Adam Spenson. None of these guys I'm picking this week. Um Hickok's there, Stewart's there, mm-hmm. James Harms, who I mentioned, Harry Higgs, uh, Max McCreevy, some of these guys that we picked at different weeks. I still think it's going to take someone with a little bit of experience, and I haven't told you my pick, but I've got just the pick, I think. Okay, well, um, I'm going to start with my outright favourite, <laughs> just to, just in case you uh, have picked him as well, which I have a little feeling because I know you like this guy, but I'm picking Chesson Hadley. Had you picked him? No, nope, I didn't pick him, but I looked hard <laughs> at it. Five to one. Um, finished T five at the Travelers a few weeks ago. F- top ten at the John Deere last week. He's got really good putting stats um, and and making birdies when it matters. I'd looked at him last week and I had said this that he leads the tour in round three putting and is seventh in final round putting. So uh, I had said we both, you and I both talked about it that for Chesson it's a case of making the cut and then he plays great and it's true because he ended up finishing in a tie for tenth last week. But I um, think you know his game is really trending. It's one of those opportunity weeks. It could be the perfect time for him to to capitalize on his good form of late. So Chesson Hadley at 35 to 1. Chesson Hadley was the one that had that really um sad finish last year at Congaree where he uh-huh. bogeyed like the last three holes. Yeah. Um so I, I going back to the same time of year, I like I like where you're thinking there. Yeah. I'm going with JT Poston's best friend out on tour. Patton Kaziah, who oh. is from Alabama and is very comfortable in this part of the world, 111th on the on the FedEx Cup, and he just saw his one of his best friends win last week. Putts probably just as good as JT Poston, Patton Kaziah, that is. Needs to drive it in the fairway for him to do really well. But I've been watching him closely. He gets hot and cold, just like JT. But I think last week's going to do something to him and light a fire under Patton. Okay. And uh, he obviously deserves to be out there on tour. He plays good a lot and um, has a great fourth round scoring average. Patton Kazai is my pick this week. More his odds? Uh, I'm going to tell you. You have them? Yep. 35 to 1. Okay. Cool. So he's Both up, in, our, he's up in there, one of the picks. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, right, moving on to our one to watch. Um, I'll let you go first with this one because you are—you actually already mentioned my guy's name, but you said you weren't picking him, so that's fine. <laughs> well, if there was ever a definition of one to watch, this kid who played college golf maybe, what, four or five weeks ago when they finished out in Arizona, uh, got a sponsor exemption last week. Chris got her up. Is that right? Yeah, got, got her up. Got her up. If he, if there was ever the definition of one to watch, I mean, he finished what top five last week in his first event, given a sponsor exemption. You know, guys are raving. My guys are raving about this guy. How how far he hits it. Rolls out of bed in the morning, has 195 mile an hour ball speed. He's just like ridiculous off the length. Not sure if that's going to fit exactly for this course because it's kind of narrow in places. Even though you said it's a bit wide open, but there is some trouble in different spots. Uh, this kid is. 25 to 1 in Vegas. I mean, he's on my third sheet over here. I don't, what is he? A, he's a, well, they got him as a, we got him as a B in our game this week, but 
Chris Goderup, just coming out of just coming out of college, is now almost poised to be the favorite in his second tour event. Very much unheard of, but okay. we have to watch because he played so well last week. His debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Okay, I like that. Well, I'm going with uh, someone who's 40 to one. You mentioned him, Taylor Pendriff. Now, when I really dug into Taylor. Looking at a guy who is motivated and ready to go, there's going to be nobody more so than Taylor Pendrith because he was having a good season, finished T13 at the Players' Championship in March in tough conditions. But then after that, he realized he had a broken rib. So he was sidelined with that injury. He was due to make his return uh, last week, actually, for the John Deere Classic, and he tested positive for COVID. So talk about a guy that is itching to get on the course and and make a move. He finished top five um, at the Bermuda Championship earlier this season. So it's hard to kind of compare his stats to see where he's at, but I think there's going to be a lot of eyes looking forward to Taylor Pendrith making his return to the tour at 40 to one this week. So he's my one to watch. Good, I like it. Um, I've actually got one other guy that I want to flag up as a one to watch. He's 40 to one and it's Ryan Armour. So he's, um, I looked at his stats. He's first in accuracy and third for birdie streaks on the PGA Tour this season. Um, He finished T5 at this tournament last year. And the FedEx Cup is going to be huge for him. He's 160th in the FedEx Cup standings right now. But last year he finished at 126. So he missed out by one place. And I'm sure he does not want to be in that situation again. So Definitely some extra motivation for Ryan Armour on a course that he's played well at before. At 40 to 1, I liked him this week as well. Yeah, I like that. Um, my one to watch this week. No, 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 no. My dark horse this week <laughs> never lets me down this dark horse. I've won a lot of money on him in my games. Uh, 200 to 1. You know, 190th in FedEx Cup, he doesn't have full status, so he's playing whenever he can. But 46th in putting when he does play, good scrambler, 64th. I'm talking about Wesley Bryan, 200 to 1, almost plays good every time he gets a chance. So he needs it. He he has a chance. 191 needs to move inside of the top 150 Mm -hmm. to be able to have more status for next year. 125 obviously is the goal, but... You know, going to these weeks, Diane, like this one, there's more grinding going on on these little tiny weeks than there is on the big ones because these guys know this is their chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, the clock is ticking. Well, I'm going with a DP World Tour guy for my uh, dark horse. He's 130 to 1. His name is Matti Schmid. He's a German. He's 24 years old. He attended the University of Louisville. So Keen Trace Golf Club, Hopefully he's played it many times before and he's going to feel right at home around here. But he was um, the DP World Tour Rookie of the Year last year. Um, he had He's had one third place finish in 2022. So, you know, a little bit of form, but he is a huge hitter. Amazing driving distance off the tee stats and... When I I kind of dug into his stats further, the approach shot seems seems to be something that's a real strength of his game as well. So I love the fact that this guy has that college connection to the area and hopefully he's going to be feeling right at home. So Matty Schmid at 130 to 1 is my dark horse. 
you've out-researched me on this one. Uh, going going to school in, in Kentucky, that's that's a strong move. Yeah. No, that's great. You know, um, it's going to be that kind of week, uh, Diane. We saw it a little bit last week, even though JT Post and one, uh, you know, wire to wire, we saw a lot of guys coming up from below that we hadn't necessarily know much about. And that's great. Uh, this uh, kiss kid, Chris Scotterup, that's very exciting to see what he does. I mean, he could be a Will, he could be a Will Zalatoris type player, is what my my sources are telling me. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see these players emerge. Another story, and I was going to pick him as my dark horse, but he's only fifty five to one. Josh Teeter, he's local. He grew up just a few miles from the course, and he's in on a sponsor's exemption. But last year he finished a top fifteen. Twenty nineteen he finished in a tie for sixth. So again, just like huge support for him in the Lexington area. Um, he recently moved back to the area as well, so hopefully he's been playing some practice rounds at Keen Trace to get ready for this. Because again, you know, we talk about the fact that this this event could be a, a real um, life changer for a lot of guys, a real career changer. And for Josh Teeter, definitely. But at 55 to 1, you could maybe put him in as a one to watch. <laughs> You're giving me some great picks for my games this week. Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, jam-packed this week. As we said, two events that we're going to be following along with the Genesis Scottish Open and the Barbasol Championship. And then we'll just have to, to keep on going. There's we, we talked last week, we did another little extra show about Live Golf and the Portland event that was won by Brandon Grace. Um, you know, we've already said that every single week there's something new to talk about. I think the big news story this week is that three players, including Ian Poulter, are allowed to play in the Scottish Open this week after saying that they were going to take it to the courts and... and you know, it's come back in their favour in, in the short term to say that they're allowed to, to play this week. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, possibly if the courts decide that uh, Ian Poulter and the guys that play at Live are indeed uh, independent contractors and are allowed to play on these different tours, well, yeah. then the tours, the tours' livelihood will hang in the balance of, of the courts. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll obviously keep on top of that, and if there's anything else to update with Live Golf, we'll be doing that too. But thank you for watching. Don't forget play in the games this week. Make sure you check out the SG Tour app because on there we're going to have all of our media content. We have our full re-ranking of both fields, and you can play games this week for the Barbasol Championship. So go in there, pick your four-ball team, go up against us. I could see Elk furiously writing down notes because <laughs> he's the shark. He's the shark of the the SG Tour. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, check out the app. Sometimes, we have sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Right, yeah. thank you for watching, and we'll be back next week for the fourth and final major of 2022. It's the Open Championship in St Andrews. Sports Social Podcast Network.